doing? Okay, my name is Ann Hansen. I'm one of the pastors here. It's good to see you guys today. Um, I just wanted to give you a quick update about my husband. Uh, my husband is John Pastor or John Hansen, not John Pastor. No, John Hansen, lead pastor. Okay, <laughs> he is uh, going into his last couple days of treatment. It, um, it ends on Wednesday. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, for your prayers and for the text messages and all that, he wants to just let you guys know it means a lot. It means a lot. He really needs your prayers. And um, yeah, keep praying. Uh, so anyway, I get to uh, speak about connection this week. Uh, we're doing a series called The Pathway, and this is our discipleship pathway at Centerpoint. And we are loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ, but we do it through a pathway. So our first week was about worship, and our second week is about connect. And so I, um, yeah, I get to do this today. Yay. Okay. So how many of you guys like personality tests? Yeah, me too. I love them. Uh, anyone taken the Myers-Briggs? Yeah. Have you guys, um, I asked the last service, anyone heard of DISC? Yeah, I'm an otter. Anyone else an otter? Okay. Um, uh, Enneagram, any Enneagram fans? That one's like really controversial apparently. Um, and also, anyone get sucked into like the Facebook quizzes or the Instagram things where it's like, you know, which vegetable are you? And I'm like, I'm going to spend the next five minutes figuring that out, right? <laughs> which vegetable am I, right? Or uh, which, which Disney princess are you? Right? And, and why, why do they always pick Mulan for me? <laughs> right? Trying to say something? Right? Okay. Um, all these things are fun. They're kind of silly and often meaningless. But basically, it's just a bunch of human constructs trying to classify us and trying to answer the question of, like, who are we? Right? Who are we? Who, who are we? And really, that question is answered in Scripture. And um, what God says in his word is that we are his creation. We are created in his image. That means we are image bearers of the living God. And so um, I wanted to talk about the fact that God is God of community. Everyone's like, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you know that God is in community with himself? Yeah. Did you know that God defined is community? Right? That God is not an individual. We can never talk about an individual God, but he is a group God. Right? He is God the Father, he is Jesus Christ the Son, and he is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's so deep in our theology. We even sing songs about it. There's a song, like it sounds like a country song, but it's this, I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. And it's so deep in scripture that we have to see the Godhead as three in one, the Trinity. And so when we think about it, wow, God is community and we are created in his image. That means something big, right? Let's turn to Genesis 1, uh, verse 26, and it says, let's read it together. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, right? And so the word here for God is Elohim, and it's the plural form of God. Isn't that interesting? Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. This is the true nature of God, not as an individual, but as a group. Isn't that like mind-blowing? God is a group. 
Okay, no, just me? <laughs> okay. Um, and so as image bearers, that's what God wants for us. We are made to live in community. We are made to live with other people. And God values community so much that he even said in Matthew 18 on the screen in verse 20, it says, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Like he values, the God of heaven and earth values community so much that he says, listen, if you gather in my name, just two or three of you, I promise I'll show up. Like that's a big deal. God of heaven and earth says, I will show up. I will be there if you gather two or three of you in my name, right? Um, and so being image bearers, God put this relational DNA inside of us. It's almost like we have a gene for community. And um, when we get together to church, it's not just to fill a spiritual need, it's actually to fill a, spirit, um, a relational need, a, a need for connection, a need to know one another, to be known by one another. Um, we don't just come just to you know, worship the Lord and leave. It's actually because we need each other. Being together is 100% human. You know, that's what we need. And so I'm sure some of you are like, oh, I'm an introvert. Can you just leave me alone? I don't need community. Like, please don't talk to me about community. But um, culture confirms how much we need community. This is not just a God idea or a, an idea from the Bible. This is actually all over culture. You know, what do we do with criminals? Lock them up, Lock them up right? We put them behind bars. We isolate them away from their families. What do, what do we do with the worst criminals? Solitary confinement, right? It's torture to be alone for extended periods of time. That is a high form of torture. And you know what they say happens in solitary confinement? You actually, um, what, let me just get it right. It kills your spirit. It causes insanity. And it actually destroys the person. That is how much we need community. Because without community, that is what happens. Um, I have a story about one of my children, and all my children are older now. They're not little kids anymore, but um, just recently, there was this one child. He asked to um, be anonymous, so I won't say his name, but uh, one, of, one of the children uh, was not listening to me. He's being naughty boy. Okay, so I, I didn't know what to do with him, and so uh, I decided to throw him in timeout, and I know he's kind of old for it, but... Um, really, that's what prison is, right? It's like timeout. Okay, so I decided he's going to go in timeout, and this kid hates to be alone and has hated timeout from the time he was very little. So I knew that he was just going to like lose it on me because every time he goes to timeout, he's like, <coughs> like he makes all these sounds, trying to get out of you know timeout, and so. Anyway, he was in timeout, and he was actually being so good in timeout, like he was being quiet and peaceful. And I'm chopping my vegetables, getting ready for dinner, and I'm like, wow, you know what? I think I'm going to let him out. I'm going to cut him loose, right? I go over there, and somehow he had lured our dog into his timeout spot, like <laughs> away from the kitchen, like into the timeout spot. And he was like playing with the dog's ears and like just having a good old time. He was like, I will not be alone. The dog will be my community, you know? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, true community is not found in a dog. You know, as, as great as dogs are, and I am, you know, I, I am a dog owner, um, but true community is found in God and his people, right? And Hebrews 3, 
we're going to get to our main passage for today, Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When I was thinking about what passage I'd like to use um, to preach on connection, this one hit me really hard. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And there's this mandate that comes from that, see to it, that is our responsibility. Like, you take responsibility for me, I take responsibility for you. There's a family level of commitment here that God is calling us to. See to it, brothers and sisters. You're not just strangers or acquaintances, right? See to it, brothers and sisters. You're part of the family of God. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. And um, when I was uh, four, I had this um, situation. My sister was four and a half years older than me, and um, she knew how to swim, and we were like these free-range kids because it was the 80s, right? Um, and so, you know, we just like took care of ourselves. So anyway, um, our neighbors had a pool, and um, they, uh, my sister was going over to swim, and I begged my sister to um, come with her, but I actually didn't know how to swim, and she said, okay, fine, you can come with me if you like stay on the raft, like just stay on the raft. So I'm like, okay, I promise, I swear, like my little four-year-old self, I swear, right? So I get on the raft, and I'm like just floating around the pool, and somehow I fell off the the raft, right? And um, I'm like, like sinking, and everything feels like it's in slow motion, and before I know it, I'm at the bottom of the pool, like, I'm gonna die, like, you know, just like my life is like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to die, you know, just, and here I am just drowning, like not even knowing what to do. And before I knew it, it was probably only a couple seconds, honestly, but before I knew it, my sister had like grabbed me and she yanked me to the very, um, yanked me out of the pool. You know, she just threw me um, right here. She pulled me up and then she like pulled me out of the pool and she's like smacking me on the back as hard as she can. And then she's like, are you okay? Are you Okay. You know, mom's going to kill me if you're not okay. Are you okay? You know, and I'm like, I'm okay. You know, crying. She's like, go home. You know, so anyway, um, because, I mean, that's what love looks like, guys. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking, right? Um, <laughs> but definitely my sister had this deep sense of responsibility for me. She knew, listen, I'm in charge of her. It doesn't matter that I'm eight years old. <laughs> no one calls CPS. Those days are done. Um, but, 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 you know, I'm responsible for her, and I, and I need to, you know, do whatever it takes to keep her alive, right? I think that God wants us to have that level of responsibility towards one another. You know, that deep level of responsibility that, no, they're my family. I need to take care of you, and you need to take care of me. Like, having that deep level of commitment, more than we're seeing in the modern American church. The stakes are high. If we read this, it says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. Why? Because it turns away from the living God, right? But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So the stakes are so high. 
The stakes are so high. If you are alone, if you are not living in community, you are vulnerable. Wow. Right? You're vulnerable to every scheme of the enemy. Wow. You're vulnerable. You're exposed. Um, you're, you're ready to get attacked. But if you're in community, you can live healthy. You can live strong. You can live empowered, ready to take on any of the enemy schemes. And so it really is that important and really is that critical that we live in community. Amen? Okay. Um, has anyone ever experienced something where, um, let's say you've been a little depressed and you start to sink even deeper into depression, and then before you know it, like all the thoughts in your head start to get like murky, you know, and, and you're even a believer and you know Jesus, but like the thoughts in your head are just coming at you so hard and so strong, and the thoughts are kind of like, no one loves you. No one cares about you. You make no difference. Um, the world would be better without you. You know, you have no future. Um, you're just wasting breath, right? And you're like, I don't think this is from Jesus, but I can't tell because I'm really going through it. And at this point, like, what's truth and what's a lie? I really have no idea. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation? And then, boom, your friend comes, and all of a sudden your friend says, like, hey, I've been praying for you that God wants you to live and not die. I've been praying for you, and God showed me this about your future, you know, and this friend all of a sudden speaks so much life and so much truth and, like, just strengthens you so much and gives you so much courage that all of a sudden it's like, boom, clarity, you know, and then all of a sudden you realize, wow, the enemy is a punk, he's a liar, and the jig is up. I'm done listening to him. I'm done partnering with his schemes. I'm done. And then all of a sudden, it's like that whole thing is over in your life, right? That is the power of community. Community does for you what you can't do for yourself. And we get in situations like that where we might be strong people, but sometimes they're just stuff that you cannot do for yourself. And that's where community steps in and does for you what you can't do for yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's the power of community, but I know that community is a bad word to a lot of people, right? I know, I know people are like, no, community, no, and I understand this because community, as powerful as it is to heal, it's as powerful to hurt, shoot, Right? You can put yourself out there. You can get in this friend group, and you're like, wow, this is good. I feel strong. I feel known. Like, I feel loved. And then, boom, they start gossiping about you. Or, boom, they judge you. Or they criticize you. Or they, all of a sudden, you became their project, and they start to try and fix you. You know? That just stinks, right? Like, when you just become this project, and you're like, no. Like, as cr community can really, really hurt, Right? Um, and so I do want to acknowledge that there are different levels of community. Like, there's different levels in the quality of community. And quality does matter. We want to have the wonderful people. We want to have the people that have our backs, like people who love us, people who accept us, people who keep their mouths shut, you know, and don't fix everything that comes out of our mouths, you know? People who can just you know, sit with us and be patient with us. Like, that's what we're looking for, right? And 
I am saying, go ahead and find those people. They do exist. Go ahead and find those people. But even then, <laughs> people are people. Yeah. Right? Even then, we're going to let each other down. Yeah. And even then, we still need each other. There's this quote from this man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He is a theologian that is extremely brilliant, and he ended up dying in the Holocaust. But listen to what he says. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. That's deep, guys. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy it. But the person who loves those around them will create it. Basically, he's saying, like, don't live in your perfect ideal of community and rob yourself of the goodness of community. Just be the one who creates community and receive that for yourself and create that for others. Right? That's deep, man. That's deep. And I understand. We've been here for 16 years in December. I've heard every story of how people can really stink. Like, you know, people can, like, suck, right? Um, and this is such a typical story. There's a lady in Bible study, and she goes, and it's very hard for her to go to Bible study, and then finally she does go to Bible study, and then something happens where they end up gossiping about her, and then she's just so hurt, and then she makes this vow to herself, I'm never going back to Bible study ever again, ever, right? Guess who she just hurt? Herself right? She just blocked herself from ever being encouraged, loved, known, accepted, strengthened, right? Because um, of wounding and trying to protect herself. And this is what God has said to me. This is my story. This is what God has said to me. Even when you get hurt by the church and you want to run from the church, you're going to get healed through the church, Yeah. It's hard, but it's true. Even when we get hurt by the church and we want to run from the church, the healing is going to come through the church. That is exactly my story. It's exactly my story. And this is my main idea today. Grab hold of godly community by living out the one another's. Grab hold of godly community by living out the one another's. I'm going to explain the one another's later, but grab hold of godly community. Find your people. You grab hold of godly community. It's up to you to do it. You can do it, right? Find your people. You are not a victim in life. You are truly not. You are a powerful person to create powerful relationships. And I understand sometimes it's very, very hard. I've had a lot of people come and say, I just tried to get connected and I never could. Try harder. Keep trying. Keep going. You are powerful to create powerful relationships. And I have my own story about it. It's a little bit embarrassing, but I'm willing to share with you. Um, like even in the last year, there was one of these like holiday uh, weekends. You know the, the holiday weekends where like it's, it just seems like everyone is getting together. Everyone is barbecuing. Everyone's having a party, right? And again, that weekend, again, John and I were not invited to go to any parties, right? Wow, cry me a river, right? Okay. Um, but, but for real, I was kind of feeling like a little sorry for myself, like kind of feeling like uninvited, kind of feeling alone. 
And um, I was just thinking, like, I, I totally understand nobody wants to hang out with the pastor, right? Like, I get it. Like, you don't get to drink. You, go, you don't get to curse. You don't get to, like, let it all out, right? I'm kidding, right? You can. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, but anyway, uh, I'm, I'm kidding around, guys. Um, but definitely, I understand. It's like this weird thing to hang out with the pastor. And I've had so many people come up to me and be like, you know, I feel like you're looking straight into my soul, you know? And I'm like, no, it's like Asian eyes, guys. <laughs> they just come this way. Sorry. <laughs> They're like black, you know? you know? I don't know. But anyway. Um, so anyway, back to my story. I... I, again, like I said, I didn't want to spend like a whole weekend alone with John again, and so I decided I was going to like, <laughs> I was going to invite people over. So I started sending out all these like text messages, hey, barbecue at my house, blah, 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 come over at 6 o'clock, we're going to do this and that. And guess what happened? Literally every single person I invited came over. Like nobody had a plan, right? Nobody had anything to do, and they all came to my house. But the story I was telling myself was, I'm the only one that's not invited, wow. right? I'm the only one that's being left out. I'm the only one that has no friends, that has nothing to do on this holiday weekend where the story I'm telling myself is, everyone has somewhere to go except for me, right? Poor me, I'm a pastor. Okay, I'm just kidding, <laughs> you know? But honestly, that day, it really hit me. Like, I made a vow to myself, I'm never going to act like this again, right? I'm never going to um, do this poor me thing again. If I'm feeling lonely, if I want to have people over, if I want to have community, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to invite people. I'm going to be the one because I am powerful to create powerful relationships. Amen? Amen. And this goes not just for me. It goes for all of us. We are all powerful to create powerful relationships. So what I'm trying to say is it's up to you to grab hold of godly community. Grab hold. Find your people. Make it your responsibility. Make it your mission to find the people that you're going to love and the people that are going to love you back. And about the one another's, living out the one another's. And so God has this design for community. He has this design for what he wants it to look like. And we can find it in scripture, and it comes up in the one another's. And so I just wanted to, if it's in your um, bulletin, so if you wanted to look at that list, I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. But the first one is love one another as Christ loved his disciples. And this is probably the biggest and most overarching one another. Um, but it's this scripture that says, love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, we look at how he did things. He was patient. He forgave, right? He served, right? Um, he laid down his life, right? And those are the high standards that God is saying. Now you do this for one another. You love just as Jesus loved us. The second is this, restore one another, carry each other's burdens. And Galatians, this part, if you read the scripture, it says, when someone is caught in sin, restore them, restore one another. 
But the world says, when someone's caught in sin, let's put it on the front page. Let's expose them. Let's smear their reputation. Let's destroy them, right? But this is what God wants for us. Is he says, no, when someone's caught in sin, you guys restore him. You guys bear their burden with them. And that's God's design of community. The third one, bear with and forgive one another. How many of you guys know that forgiveness is one of the biggest gifts that we could ever give to one another? Right? Have you been forgiven? Like a big deal thing? Yes. I have. And it's a big deal to be forgiven, right? Um, there was a situation this week where someone forgave someone of something so huge. I won't say what it is, but um, when she came and told me about it, she said, I feel 100 pounds lighter. I feel like this weight has been lifted, and I know that the other person does too. And here's the thing. Forgiveness sets us all free, right? And that's what God wants for all of us in community. Forgive one another. Another one, build up one another, and I'm going to go straight to the other one, encourage one another. These kind of go together. Build up one another, encourage one another, protect from sin's deceitfulness, right? And we all need to be built up to do what God has called us to do, right? It's hard. We, we get weak. God knows that, and so he wants us to be built up. You know, even just to do this sermon today, you know how many prayer request things I've sent out to so many people? <laughs> Like, pray for me. I'm preaching this weekend, right? How many people <laughs> I've hit up for prayer? You know, um, <laughs> how many, uh, like an hour that John spent with me to help me prepare this sermon? You know, my kids were here last night supporting me because they knew that I rely so much on John to like, like smile at me while I'm doing this sermon. And they came and sat in the front row to like, to be my like cheerleading squad for me. Um, Rachel, this is her second time listening to this sermon, guys. <laughs> Praise the Lord, what a good friend, right? I mean, Adriana came twice. Like, it feels so good to be built up, to have people around you who are actually gonna build you up and support you and believe in you, right? Another one, stir one another to love and good works, encourage to hope. And here's the thing. Sometimes we know what love looks like, but a lot of times we don't, right? And so sometimes I need the mind of Christ, that collective mind of Christ that's in 1 Corinthians 2.16. Sometimes I need you to tell me what love looks like right now. In this situation, what does love look like? In this situation, what does a good work look like? I don't know, right? And sometimes I need you guys and you need me to tell me what love looks like, right? And then the final one is confess sin to one another. Pray for one another. These are big deal things, right? Confess sin to one another and pray for one another. All these things are so messy, right? None of these things are like neat and tidy, right? Sin, confessing sin, forgiving. That means that there's been a blow-up explosion in your life, right? Restore one another, um, bear with one another. That means that people are going to be grumpy and nasty and you're supposed to bear with them, right? These are like intense things, right? But this is what we need. This is what our soul needs, and God knew that this is what we needed. And nowhere in any of those one another's is there this phrase, be perfect with one another. Never make a mistake with one another. It never says that, right? God took into account our humanity, right, our weaknesses, and he said, no, this is how you're building community, 
by loving, by forgiving, by restoring, by encouraging, right? And this is what our soul needs. Amen? So in this series, um, and speaking about community, I, I want you to find organic ways, obviously, to make connections. So you see someone and you, you know, want to think like, hey, let me invite them to coffee. That's a very, you know, normal, organic way. And let me see if there's something there that we can become friends or something like that. But I don't want to um, ignore the fact that we're also doing something as a church. Like we're starting Rooted this week. Right? And if any of you have been through Rooted, it's a 10-week journey. It's so powerful. You learn more about God. You learn more about yourself. You connect with other people. It's so powerful. So I want to encourage you to join Rooted. Join it. It's not too late. Join it. And if you've already done Rooted, join a small group. Join men's studies, women's groups, uh, seniors groups, singles groups. There's so many groups that we have on campus. Make it your mission to find your community. Amen? Okay, it's all, everyone's like, mm, I don't know. You're like mad-dogging me this morning, guys. Like, what's up? Okay. Um, okay, so this week I was really going through it. It was just a very rough week. And normally I'm that person that I'm pretty tight with Jesus, right? Like, I'm, I'm like OG. Like, I can, like, be with Jesus and be strong and strengthen myself. But this week was not one of those weeks, like, I was just going through it. Um, on top of John being in treatment and having like just tremendous pain, have you ever seen someone suffer? It's very hard to, it's very hard to be with people when they're suffering. It's like, it's actually brutal. Oh God, sorry, I keep crying every service. Um, it was just a hard week. Um, so watching John go through his treatment, and then we had some more bad news, which sucked, you know? Um, I had some work stuff happen that was horrible, and then I had more relational stuff with just some friends. And it was just one of those weeks where it felt like the world was crashing in on me, and then, oh yeah, and then I have to prepare for a sermon. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, anyway. Uh, um, anyway, God kept showing up for me this week over and over again. And the way that he chose to show up for me was in community. Such a big deal. One day I showed up at the press, and this was actually on Tuesday. It was like the worst day for me. And I walked in, and I just saw my two friends there. And for some reason, like, seeing their faces, like, you know what I mean? Like, seeing their faces, I just started, like, bawling hysterically. And they didn't, they were so good. Like, they just... Right away, they just hugged me, and they started praying for me. They didn't, like, ask me what was wrong. They didn't try and fix me. They didn't freak out because I was having, like, a breakdown. You know, they just, like, loved me. You know, they just were there for me. They didn't give me all their advice. They just were there for me, you know? I had this one gal. She um, gave me flowers, and she wrote this beautiful card to me, and it just touched me so much. I know she doesn't have a lot of money. And uh, it just meant a big deal that she would spend her money in that way to encourage me. Another one was um, um, on Tuesday, John was getting ready to go to his treatment. And um, he wrote me a text message. And um, that was a, a day of a lot of bad news. And so he wrote me this text message. And he's like, I'm leaving for treatment. I just wanted you to know that we got chalked. I'm like, what does that mean? 
It's like, more bad news? What is that now? What is chalked? What are, what, what are you talking about? What, what is chalked? And then he sent me this te- um, picture, and um, it was so precious. Um, Christina, with her um, group of students from school ministry, they went over to our house, and they wrote so many encouraging messages about God is healing you. He is for you. He's not against you. He's with you in your pain. And it was so good. And they brought, like, these really cute balloons and, like, Olaf-shaped balloons, you know, and all these flowers and iced tea because John really loves iced tea, you know. And um, it was so precious and it really lifted up my husband. He was having the worst day, which makes me have the worst day, right? And he's like, I feel strong. I feel encouraged. I feel so loved. I'm like, wow, that's the power of community. Community. Community does for you what you can't do for yourself. No matter who you are, you can't do these things for yourself. And I believe that God wants this for all of us. He wants all of us to be the people that bring courage to other people, right? He wants us to be people who receive from other people. This is God's design. We are made for community. I want you to grab hold of godly community. Live out these one another's. It will change your life. Amen. 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 Let's pray. God, you're always faithful. You are always faithful and you are always good. And we can always trust you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are God of community and that you call us into community for our own good so that we can enjoy life, so that we can be strengthened, so we can overcome, so we can be transformed into your image. Thank you, God, for the gift of community. Thank you, Lord, and forgive us, God, if we have made weird vows that we will never trust anyone again, any weird vows that we will never join a group again, Lord, forgive us and help us to start again today. Help us to say yes to this gift that you've given us of each other. Help us to not see each other as the enemy. Help us to see each other as brother, as sister, as another one that you died for. And I, um, I also wanna, with every eye closed, I just wanna give an opportunity. If there's anyone here and you know in your heart you have never said yes to Jesus, to having him come into your life to forgive you to set you free from all the bondage of sin, to be your Lord and your Savior, your rescuer, your provider, your father, your friend, all those things, I'm gonna give you the opportunity today to say yes to Jesus. And as you do, you're gonna be forgiven, you're gonna be received into the family of God. All these people today become your brother and sister. You don't have to do life alone anymore. You don't have to struggle and figure it out by yourself. You get to have the family of God with you.
And so I'm going to give you to the count of three. And at three, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand really high so I can see you. This is your moment. Today is your day to say yes to your life being changed by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to count now. One, two, three. Okay, I see you over there. Thank you. Are there others? I see you in the back on the right. Thank you. Keep your hand up. Thank you. I see you. Yeah. Anyone else? I'm willing to wait. This is your moment to change all of eternity for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these ones that are saying yes to you today. God, we believe that what Jesus did on the cross is full payment for our sin, that Jesus took the punishment so that we would not have to take the punishment. Thank you that your blood cleanses us, purifies us from all unrighteousness, that Jesus becomes our righteousness. We never have to earn it. We never have to prove ourselves that you are enough. You said it's finished on the cross, and it is finished on our behalf. Thank you, Lord. God, I'm asking that you would grab these ones into your um, kingdom, into your family. Wrap your arms around them. God, allow your spirit to speak to them and transform them like only you can do, Lord. We trust you for this, God. And then lastly, before we go, I, I want to just really quick, God gave me some prophetic words. And so I just want to say, uh, one thing is that um, I felt like the Lord is saying the water is perfect. Come on in. The water is perfect. Just dive in. That's one. Another one is that if you're a prodigal here, you're welcome back. You don't have to carry any more shame. We're your people. Another one is um, I kept getting the word C3. And if, like, there's a wound from C3. So if that means anything to you, um, I heard the Lord saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's time to be healed. And then I got one for the live streamers. If you're online and you have been so afraid to come back into the church, the Lord is saying, I see you too, and come on back. Come on back and find your community. And the last one is this. There are some of you that are more than just powerful to create relationships. You know that your gifting is to be a connector. You know that that's your gifting, but you have not been walking in your gifting. And today, I feel like the Lord wants to recommission you back into that gift of connecting others. And so if that's you, this is for you. Live in your design. Be the one that creates the community. Amen, God. We just give this all to you, and we trust you and believe you for healing, breakthrough, your highest and best to come through in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.